This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, there I am. Hey, Steve Olsher here hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello. Uh, Richie Ote just decided to run off to... Oh, there you are. You are back. You are fast, dude. What's up, man? Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. And, uh, wow, we got uh, we got a lot of ground to cover here on Reinvention Radio, as always, and uh, super excited about today's episode. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to Reinvention Radio. Don't forget, we do broadcast live every Thursday from 12 until 2 Pacific. And you can join that feed at reinventionradio.com. And, of course, we'd love to have you in on the conversation as well. And you can call us at 866-977-2346. So lots to cover here today on our very, very, very special episode with the one and only Chef Charles Carroll. Uh, which is uh, pretty amazing, really. And, and there's, uh, uh, well, reinventing, yes, of course, we're going to be reinventing uh, food in the culinary world and so on. Uh, and we're going to talk about Chef uh, Charles' new book and, um, and and so much, so much, so much to cover. But I, I, I have never met uh, an Olympian before in my life. And, uh, and this guy is a culinary Olympian, which I didn't even know such a thing existed. I, I can barely make oatmeal. Like, you know, and, and I'm talking about like the instant oatmeal, like where you just <laughs> add water and you stir, like getting the consistency down on that is for me, like that's hard. Like my kids look at me funny when I make them oatmeal, they're like, no, just have mom make it. It's fine. <laughs> like even just the consistency. I am that's not funny. I'm not a chef. And actually my, and unfortunately neither is the missus. The missus is not a, a great chef either. And she readily admits it. She says, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great cook. And I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Neither of us are great cooks, but nobody learned, like nobody was born a great cook. Like that's you. You got to learn. I think it's a combination, and I can't wait to ask. It's a little bit of a combination of the ability to follow directions, mm-hmm. oh. and think. <laughs> oh, outside. there you have it. Right? <laughs> no, seriously. There I mean, you, know, you have it. Syntax, right? If yeah. you if you're baking a cake and you try to bake the frosting in the egg and then put the flour and mix everything together, okay, it's not going to work. That's so that's baking. Yeah, right. baking is more precise. No, no of course. But and I'm just saying you're artistic. Right. And then that was the second part, though. And also a little bit of thinking out of the box and exploring. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's do this. Let's ask the man himself. So let's bring up Chef Charles Carroll. And uh, and should we refer to you as C cubed or what should we call you here, my friend? <laughs> yeah, well, thank C's. you for having me. I, I mean, you can call me anything, whatever feels good. Chef, Chef Carroll, Charles, I've been called a lot of things. So uh, whatever... Uh, Makes you happy. Okay. All right. C-cubed it is, man. You've you officially been dubbed. <laughs> oh, brother. You are C-cubed. All right. So for those, <laughs> for those who don't know your story, because you, you've actually got a, a pretty interesting background. And, and of course, to, to get to the point of, uh, of where you are professionally in your career and then uh, obviously as an author. And, I mean, you're involved with you know, the World Association of Chefs, uh, that society. And so, I mean, you've got a lot of different things going on. Uh, but I think what's really important here for us to cover uh, is how you got to this point because reality is, I mean, you're, you're well, let's just call it what it is. I mean, you are a poster child for reinvention in your own right, aren't you? Well, I appreciate that, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I'm blessed, man. I mean, I love your guys' show, first off. I just love your show, and I love listening to you guys. You're full of energy, and uh, it, you're a lot of fun. And, 
And I'm just trying to be like you, man. I mean, uh, do you're, not do you're that. a real successful guy. <laughs> and, do not. Uh, don't chef. Um, yeah, just... I grew up in a country, and my mom and dad worked hard. You know, you t- we talked about work ethic. I, I learned it from them in, in, in Vermont. And then I, I've only had three jobs in my life, and, and that's very rare for a chef. And, and uh, I started out at the Balsam's Grim Resort Hotel in Dixville Notch, New Hampshire, and and uh, as a four-star four diamond, I ended up becoming chef there and graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. Uh, moved on to New York, the famous um, Oak Hill Country Club. And, um, and then uh, down in Houston here in the last uh, almost 18 years now at River Rose Country Club. So you mentioned the Culinary Olympics. Um, that was a very special time in my life. I've been on eight, eight different teams. Hmm. And uh, to represent the uh, United States in anything is, um, I mean, I get goosebumps just talking about it. But but I have, I mean, I have so many great things to be thankful for. I mean, I'm, I have a very, very special book coming out with a very famous author, and and uh, to be involved in the Olympics and going to Afghanistan and so many things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, just so, just so we're all clear, I mean, this was something that was a calling. Like, have you just always been drawn to to food, or how? I mean, how did you figure? Because I would. I would say this is what your what is, right? Just using that vernacular around what is your what. So how did you get – have you known, like, were you cooking it at four? Like, are you one of those? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my dad was a chef, and so, you know, I think a lot of your listeners can, can – uh resonate with, you know, standing in the kitchen and watching grandma cook or your mom or dad cook or whoever it might be. Um, and that's kind of how I was. I was a gym rat, and I wanted to be like that. And growing up in a country in – uh, owning your own business, uh, you're working eight days a week, and I did start cooking breakfast when I was in third grade for the for the for the guest. And and um, he talked about earlier about you know cooks and what do you have to be to be a great cook or a chef. You know, you do have to have heart. I mean, it isn't say any job. Um, you you gotta love it. And, you know, if if you you know want to go chase something that you love, and the old cliche, if you if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. But an angry cook cannot cook great food i mean you just got it's got to be in your heart you got to have a passion for it to be a great chef mm-hmm. and so is it true then i guess to to that extent is it true what they say about yeah you know sort of cooking with with love and you can taste the love in the food i mean is that uh, is that one of your mantras i mean absolutely i mean i i have uh 75 cooks here at the club and six different kitchens and three restaurants and we do 100 parties a week and and you can tell when someone's just punching and punching out and just trying to get the food out. I mean, we're busier now. I mean, I mean, who can blame anybody? But then you can tell, you know, with somebody that's slowing down, smelling, tasting, feeling, and and uh, I can tell as soon as I look at somebody if they're cooking from the heart, if they have passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same thing. It's the same. It's 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 related to just you know watching your grandmother cook in the kitchen. You can tell that that family recipe they're so proud of, and and, and that's kind of that's kind of what it's about. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm a little bit concerned. Are you sure nothing's burning right now, man? Like, I mean, you're, you're sitting here talking to us. Is there nothing's in the oven? Nothing's on the stove that he's tending to? Well, you know, I got a lot of people running around. We are busy tonight, we got, and I, I apologize in advance if you're hearing a lot of plates clatter in the background. Uh, we, 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 we want that going. from a chef. Like that's authentic. That's that's right from the heart. There, that's awesome. Yeah, we have a special dinner coming on tonight. We have a seven course and. Uh, it's uh, one of the anniversary special uh, wine dinners, and it's, it's it's off the hook. So we got a fun one tonight. So that that said, what exactly is a, a considered a course? I mean, I think I know, but 
what like when you say a course a cracker like a yeah grape. Like how big does something need to be before it's considered like are they just taking the same amount of food and serving Wings it slow over time nachos <laughs> I think my R seven course is going to be very different than Chef Charles. Right. we just order a bunch six appetizers a and an wing. entree <laughs> well you know it's uh, we have our first course is we're starting out with. Uh, we're actually uh, have some hot rocks, and we're cooking some cured salmon on top of a hot rock with some salmon caviar and osetra caviar. We have a little macare potato on the side, finished with sour cream, and uh, some saffron aioli. That's the first course. Um, the second course is um, uh, is a uh, lobster bisque, but we're serving it in a martini. You ever seen those martini glasses with a? It's like a bowl, and then you have a little cone shape that goes inside. Yeah. Uh, we're we're doing that, and we Wait, have that, they have the those at, they have those at Hardee's, right? Because I think I think I have seen that. Right? It's, it's tasty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're serving the biscuit and that a little bit different. We're putting flowers in the bowl with some hot water and some hot stock underneath, and then we put the soup in, on top. So it's visually beautiful and it tastes great at the same time. And and we have some duck and some lamb and some other great stuff. But it's it's pretty. Uh, it's not only great Seth food cooked from the yeah. Seth Charles. I I'm sorry. Since you reinvent stuff. You need to reinvent that word course. That sounds like seven experiences. That doesn't sound like yes. a course is just doesn't like do that any yeah, that, that the first course sounded like something awesome that you were just exp- <laughs> I'm, like, I'm tired the, just from thinking about from what the first it takes to the first course. Yeah. You're jipping oh. your, you guys are jipping yourself <laughs> off calling them courses. You got to come you know, up I'm with glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's a, it's an experience. It's a dining experience, and we're going to put something on Facebook later or on our on our on our website. But we did an event the other night that's just, I mean, every course has it has an action to it. So, like that first course I mentioned to you, rocks are hot, so we're putting the salmon on top of the hot. So when it goes out into the dining room, it's actually cooking in front of them. And you know we put some dry ice on the table in, in the in their centerpieces, and they're hidden in the flowers. And halfway through the uh, seafood course, we go out and pour um, hot scented uh, um, uh, uh, licorice uh, broth into the flowers. And people are wondering what the hell you're doing. And all of a sudden, the whole table stops starts fogging with this citrus enter. Uh, 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 kind of the smell that just kind of takes you over. It's like wow, how awesome is that? So it is theater. And um, uh, at the same time, it's the experience that we want you to get from the table and say, wow, that was the most fantastic thing I've ever seen and tasted. So that it is an experience. Mm-hmm. Let nice. me know when you're doing that in San Diego. I'm in. Right? <laughs> no, Send me the link. I'll buy it now. <laughs> we got, we gonna have to, we're going to have to sell the station, though, to, to pay for that meal. I mean, that's uh, – wait, are you okay if we do that? You're okay if we sell the station to get a, all five of us Let's at the Let's just help there? sell the tickets and go for free. And- I like the way you but think, the- man. I tell you what, if I come out there one day, I'll come in there and I'll, I'll cook something for you. If you're in Houston, like next time, let me know. Stop by for a warm meal. Yeah. All right, we're gonna yeah we're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to take a quick break here on Reinvention Radio as we're talking to the one and only Chef Charles Carroll. But um, yeah, I will say this: I, I hope my kids don't listen to this particular episode <laughs> because reality is like I, I mean. You know, one of the things I pride myself on is, you know, my, my, as I tell this to my wife when we fight, like, you have never missed a meal, like, you know, in all these years. Like, you know, I, 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 I pride myself <laughs> on taking like, care of that. had a meal. Right. <laughs> so like, wait a minute. That's, this Those isn't food. <laughs> it doesn't count. That's not a, that's not a meal. That's just like something you threw on a plate. Like, this guy sets the bar really, he makes really it high. It sounds so romantic and. 
I know. Like an awesome thing to participate it is. in. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not, a, it's a buffet of the senses. It's like, it's a delicious. Okay, pot them down. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk more to Chef Charles Carroll here on Reinvention Radio right after this. were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're at a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Ulcher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting TheReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to TheReinventionWorkshop.com. That's TheReinventionWorkshop.com. And now, back to Reinvention Radio. Here's your host, Steve Ulsher. Alrighty, welcome back to Reinvention Radio. Steve Ulsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Valley. Hey, Richie Ote. Hey, hey. <laughs> and the one and only Chef Charles Carroll. You always get that same look when I do that. Like, wow. It's a very cute look. All right. <laughs> All right, so we're talking to Chef Charles. And, Chef, uh, let, me, let me just ask you this. For those who are uh, just trying to, to get a little bit more familiar with what, what you're doing out there, I mean, you've got books, you've got a podcast. Like, why, why are you doing all this stuff, and what exactly are you doing out there? Because you're not the average Jeff. I, showed, well, I was going to call you Jeff. The average, you know, Joe Chef. I mean, you, you've got a lot of different things going on that most chefs don't. Why, what do you have going on, and why do you do it? You know, I, I don't know if I have a, an answer to why, but, you know, Steve, there's something, you know, I think we're all been put on this earth to, to, to find that thing, and, and, and I, I've just been a big dreamer all my life, and, and uh, I would like to encourage all your, all your listeners to, to dare to dream, and then, and then more importantly, act on them. And, and I've been blessed that, that I, know I just keep coming up with these things every year. I'm doing stuff this month I wasn't even dreaming about in January, you know, and I'm just loving life, man, and have a lot of fun. And in the book, you know, the, the recipe that we have coming out next week is with John David Mann, one of the most famous authors in the United States today. And, you know, I wrote it seven years ago, and I've been waiting for John to free up because he's the guy I wanted to, to join with. And, and, um, and, and I guess the next thing with this is, is that, you know, we have movie interests, really serious movie interests. And, and I, I don't know, I guess it's, it's just one of those things where I have this adrenaline where I just can't wait, wait to do the next thing. And the, bo- the podcast has been exciting, you know, again, trying to be like you. And we've had some awesome guests, some amazing guests. And, and uh, it's also called the Recipe Podcast. And, and I'm just, I don't know, I just enjoy it. I have, I have four or five different projects, and they're, they're pretty sizable projects um, mm-hmm. that uh, we're really excited about. Yeah. No, it's cool. Go ahead, Mary. So in the restaurant, you're pretty much overseeing everybody and all the parties and meals? Yes. Yes, ma'am. I, I, uh, you know, I come in around 8 o'clock, 8.15 in the morning and I check all the kitchens and, and, and meet with all the chefs. And, and then, uh, like I mentioned, we do 80 to 100 parties a, a week. So we're very one of, the, one of the busiest country clubs in the United States. So, so I'm 
I'm not hands-on every day in production, but I am hands-on every function that's being plated. So I'm not on the line working with the guys and gals and, and uh, plating everything, but I'm not right in there prepping yeah. first thing in the morning. My, my goal is, is, is to, to create an amazing environment, to hire great people, and, and, and make sure that they have everything they need to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm working two, three, four weeks, sometimes two, three months out, and making sure that they have everything to be successful, then I'm on the line every time when it goes out. So then how do you balance your schedule? Because, like, how, there's only 24 hours in a day, and you got to sleep, too. Mm. Getting good people yeah. in place, it sounds like. Right, but then taking time to go and do his podcast and writing books and mm-hmm. taking queries from producers. It's yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I, if, I, if I do balance it so well. You know, it does. I, I will admit it sometimes takes its toll on the family, and I have two beautiful daughters. They're amazing, amazing girls, and, and they're a school teacher and a nurse right now, and I'm blessed that they've been just been super. And my wife is amazing. You know, I, like, you know, I've been on eight different calling Olympic teams, and, and you know, you, when she, we first got married, I thought it was just that one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it would be over with, and we'd have a, a normal life. There's been nothing normal about it. I mean, yeah, I've been to Afghanistan three different times putting on shows for our troops, and those take a year at a time. And so, I mean, it is a little bit insane, but it's, I guess it, you know, it's that thing that makes me jump out of bed morning. I just feel like, you know, I just can't wait to get out of bed morning to stop. And uh, I guess I'm probably guilty. My assistant will tell you that, that you know, stop, stop already, you know, stop creating mm-hmm. these things because we, let's finish one. Um, well, but me, if you throw enough, th- if you throw enough things up on the wall, you know something's bound to stick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're an artist, so I mean, artists create. That's what artists do. So I, mm. I mean, asking you to stop is like asking you to not paint, breathe, don't not do breathe. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me let me ask you this because you know reality is there's I don't know probably a million chefs just in the United States alone, right? And and people like. You know, Graham Elliott and you and, you know, those sort of folks who reach a, a certain level. Uh, why? I mean, like, seriously, like, why? What, what's, the, what's the secret sauce, man? Like, what, what do you think you're doing? What do you think? Is it just simply a lucky break? Is it just – is it a key person on your team? Like, why you and not someone else? Why me as a, to be a chef? Are you well, asking? Why to be you so to, successful? Yeah, to have this level of success as a chef, you could be, you know, you could um, be, yeah. I, I mean, you could be at, uh, you know, at, at a at a taco shop, you know, laying mm-hmm. chicken on in, on the grill and, and barbacoa on the other side there, man, and throwing in a corn tortilla and calling it a day. But here's where you are, and there's somebody laying chicken on the grill and 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 throwing it in a taco. So, what's the difference? Well, I think I think uh, uh, two, maybe two things uh, off the bat. You know, you know, who are you, and and and, and who are you, who who were uh, were you trying to aspire to be? Like my mom and dad worked their ass off, you know, and I and I grew up in that environment when I was a kid. I was I was always on stage. I was, I was shoveling blocks and I was building fireplaces. And I was helping guests to the rooms. I was always working, and that's not always great, but you were always on stage in front of your guests. And I, and I learned from my mom and dad and and their discipline. So that'd be first, you know. You know, someone may not have grown up with the discipline that I had that you're working all the time. I'm not saying that's the only way, but, but yeah. And 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 the other thing, Steve, I think is is most important is is is, is acting on those dreams. You know, a lot of people sit on the couch, have a glass of wine or a beer or something, and say, "Yeah, I'd like to do that, but I would never do that." You know, what do I know about TV shows? So we're creating two TV shows right now. What do I know about movies? I, I know nothing about these things. But the the difference between me and anybody else is I'm not going to stop pounding until 
until I learn and, 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 and make it happen. And, and I think the biggest secret is, is, Steve, is you have to be okay with the process. You have to be okay with the roads that you're taking. And I, and I, and I don't want to be a cliche or anything, but, I, you know, I've learned just recently, maybe the last two or three years, that they're not failures at all. You know, because I start out with a project that's all the way over on the left-hand side, and it's a one. And three or four or five months later, it's all the way on the right-hand side, and it's a level seven. It looks nothing like the original dream. But you've got to be okay with that. So 80 meetings later, I'm finding, you know, I'm finding out now I, I know a little bit about movies. I know a little bit about TV shows because I, I kept pushing and talking to these people from NBC and people from L.A., and, and I never had a bad meeting. I had a lot of meetings telling them I was full of it and that's never going to happen, but there were never a bad meeting because it took me to that next thing. That's yeah. the difference, I think. Yeah, and if you come, you know, with with food in hand and the way that you cook it, man, that that, that meeting is going to go really, really well, I would think. But it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. But do you re- do you remember the first time where you feel like you kind of broke through? Like, what was that? What was that leap for you, where you were just kind of this chef, and then what was that? What was that leap that took you into this this different stratosphere of chefs? Was it was it a particular job where you got paid better? Was it a particular opportunity that you said yes to what I mean, you got to think back on that moment and share that moment that might open up some doors for others who were trying to figure out how to bridge from you know just kind of being that average joe to being in that stratosphere like you are what what was that moment for you well i think i think there's uh quick first off i have several a year uh but um and, and i keep going you know life is 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 all about the ones you know um Getting one at a time. You get one at you get one win at a time. You keep on going and get that win at a time. And now sometimes I'll go a week and I don't get a win, and I'll start getting upset. You know, mm-hmm. so I have to start creating and trying to figure out where I get my next win. And a win could be a phone call. A win could be a meeting with somebody. A win is sitting here with you today. Um, but the very first, I think, time I I, I, I think it's back at the Balsam's Grand Resort Hotel, and I think I was 27 years old when I was on my first Olympic team and I won the first gold medal. And and that's when I first started learning about teams, building great teams. And I had this team of 63 or 4 then, and I realized once I got on the team, I learned from people from all over around the United States, and then we got on that stage and we won a gold medal representing the United States. That was probably my first aha moment. It's like, wow, this is really cool. And then when I came back and had all these young people hanging on my every word and that wanted to jump in that foxhole with me, and I said, look, you know, this is a big responsibility. You've got to do something with this. You know, you have a big responsibility to these people that come to work for you. They want to, they want to learn from you. So that made me, to keep, made me keep going. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, just, I just keep digging and keep digging and keep digging. Mm-hmm. I have a hundred stories I could tell you, but that's, that's kind of the nutshell of that. Yeah, and, and I do actually want to get into just a, a wee little bit about food that will help some of the lay people like myself who can't cook squat. But I, I do also want to give you an opportunity – just to share the so the book is the recipe rejected by I mean a, a huge number of, of publishers and you guys have chosen just to publish this on your own is that uh, do you consider that a defeat or a victory? No, because you know what happened is is uh, I am now talking with um, a very serious and a very famous uh, actor and. Um, and that's a whole other story about, you know, using your network. Use your network, you know, and reach out. You may not know somebody. Somebody that you know may know somebody. And, 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 and that's, that's how I keep pounding, keep pounding. I wrote this thing seven years ago, the recipe, um, wanting it 
want, with the intention of it becoming a movie. And, and now, now I'm, and, and the way the stars lined up for this is because I asked my uh, friend of mine, and, and it just goes, uh, um, it just happens that his best friend went to the same, which I didn't find out until the meeting I had, this actor went to the same high school that I went to in Vermont. And that's where this story takes place. Mm-hmm. It's in a New England town, and my dad owned a diner, and and there's a brownstone there. All of this is kind of true, you know. And and um, and so when I was talking to this guy, he was I couldn't believe how the stars are lining up. I want to bring something back to St. Johnsbury, Vermont, and he wants to bring something back to St. Johnsbury, Vermont. So, so you know, is it a rejection? No, it's just that. Being okay with the process, it bumped you a little bit over to the left. It bumped you a little over to the right. So, so now it's over all the way over on the other side. Yeah. And the good thing is, Steve, is that we have uh, the rights to this book. Yeah, <laughs> because, because we didn't he's self-published. Right, exactly. All right, well, you know, and like you said, everything's silver got a lining. silver lining. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, more with Chef Charles Carroll here on Reinvention Radio right after this. One person has the power to change the world, impact millions of lives, and leave a legacy for lifetimes to come. That person is you. In the New York Times bestseller, What is Your What? Steve Ulcher, award-winning author and founder of the Reinvention Workshop, reveals his proven process that has helped thousands of men and women discover, share, and monetize the one thing they were born to do. Grab your free copy now at www.whatisyourwhat.com slash free. That's www.whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. And now back to Reinvention Radio. Here's your host, Steve Ulsher. All right, welcome back to Reinvention Radio. Steve Bill's hanging out with Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello. Richie Ote. What's your baby? Now that I'm hungry. I know, right? And uh, the one only Chef Charles Carroll, eight-time Olympian. Eight-time Olympian. So is that like an annual thing, by the way? I do was they, literally going to say do the, the same a, Do you guys do – because it's food. Why, why wouldn't you do it like every year? You, you, you do the Olympics every year, right, Chef? <laughs> no, no. It's every four years. Just like oh, it, it matches what? up with the, with the sports Olympics as well. Yeah. You don't even same, look. You don't look so old enough. Your first enough. one was when you were four. So yeah, I mean, that's, usually uh, you're four years old or you're eighty-two and looking amazing. That's impressive. Yeah, six actually. No, I'm just kidding. No, it. Uh, no, it's uh, every, every four. four. Years. All right, there you have it. All right, let wow. me ask you guys. Let me ask you a question. All right, now, absolute truth. Most of the people that are Michelin rated are overrated, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's an there's there's some amazing food out there. Steve, the amazing food in these guys, um, and it's amazing level of excellence that they have to keep all the time. And it's not just the food; it's everything. The minute they walk in the door, the ambiance, the how it's kept, the bathrooms, the food. I mean, the service, everything. It's it's hard. That's yeah. that's really hard stuff. But it's got to it's got to get your goat just a little bit that a tire company gets to decide who has the right restaurants, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, well. Yeah, I, I don't get mixed up too much in that. I do feel sorry for the chefs, you know, because you know, you, you know, I, I have an opportunity where, yeah, we run a really amazingly crazy busy place, and I can still chase my other dreams on the side. And these guys get wrapped up, and then there's a there's some tough stuff going out there, you know, with with some chefs that you know they get so wrapped up in it working 19 uh, hour days, and they miss the star, and then they run into the woods and 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 shoot themselves and. And then there's a lot of that going around, believe it or not, and, and it's 
and and that part obviously is not not great. And then when you get these, no, that's these, probably uh, not great if they go into the woods because they didn't get their star. Yes, that's not. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's, yes. I mean, that's not a you know that, that's a terrible thing. And I think that I think that uh, these uh, the people that you mentioned that that can go in and and dine and decide whether or not this person should get the, the star or not, you know, mm-hmm. have never had to do what they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it's got to raise the bar, like, unquestioned, like, to the point of where it's, like, ridiculously high, right? Where you where you guys have to get so unbelievably creative that you almost lose sight of the true culinary experience, and now you're just trying to create something just for the hell of creating something, yeah? Yeah, that that and, and the amount of people, the army that it takes to get it, and the over demanding um, uh, level of the quality that you have to get in. I mean, it, it's it's all levels are are going 100 miles an hour, and yeah. and it's very difficult to do. It's it's. Uh, I just wish that that these these guys and and, and that's their drive. So that's their dream. That's okay. So, but yeah. I just hate to see people working 19 hour days. Um, and and then let's and, and if it. Yeah. yeah, and let, let's be honest. I mean, by the time you get to that Michelin rating, and now you got to start charging to create that food to support the Michelin rating, and the pricing goes up, then the people who come into the restaurant, you know, they, they reach a different level. And these are the kind of people where you're like, Jesus, I would never hang out with this person like in my life. And now you're cooking for people that you hate. So is that like a vicious circle? That's yeah? a little extreme. I don't know about that. Don't you? Re- I mean, let's be honest, let's Chef. Let's just if say you- he's. It's not love. Let, 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 <laughs> all right, let's, let's be honest here, man. If you had a choice between creating that restaurant that had to be sustainable on a, on a Michelin, Michelin-rated level and just having, like, a good old-fashioned diner with, like, salt-of-the-earth people like, like your dad did, right? I mean, isn't that – wasn't your, yeah. wasn't that kind of the background there, yeah? Yeah, sure, 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 yeah. So, I mean, given the yeah, choices, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, you want to be happy. I mean, after all, don't we all want to be happy? And, um, you know, and people, if they love your restaurant, they're going to keep coming back and they can afford it. I mean, people go to a Michelin-star restaurant probably on once-in-a-year opportunity. They're going to go to spend that kind of money unless you're, I mean, dropping some big dime. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, that goes back to cooking from the heart, you know, and, and, and you know, if I were to open up a restaurant right now, it wouldn't be fine dining. It wouldn't be white tablecloth. You're right. It would mm-hmm. be, it'd be something that would be, Warm and fuzzy, and it would be family style, and it would be it would be good, really good food that puts a smile on your face when you come in. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of from the heart and love, how are you guys doing down there in Houston? Uh, thanks. It, you know, it's everything that you saw on TV. It, it was crazy. Uh, um, my family was safe, and, and our kids were safe and dry, but we had 30 employees at our, at our club that were affected, and 11 of them were uh, catastrophically affected, meaning losing everything. Right. And it was, pretty, it was pretty surreal. It was emotional because, you know, we were, we were safe and dry and had power, but we were flooded in, and uh, so you couldn't get in or out of our place, and we had some very dear friends that were getting flooded, and we couldn't do anything to help them, and that, and that was a tough part. But mm-hmm. we're getting around, and Houston's jumping, jumping back pretty good. I appreciate it. Well, uh, Mary. If they have the energy you have, I know major change will be taking place. <laughs> right. right. Uh, all right. So let, let's do this. So uh, the book, the recipe, that comes out when? Or is that already out right now? No, it's next week. Yeah, yeah. you can't order it now. I, I understand that some people are actually getting copies already, but it comes officially. The launch is uh, October 17th. And, uh, and uh, John David Mann, I think he was on your show already. He one was, of the most yeah. famous uh, yep. authors, uh, another amazing individual. And um uh, in the country and uh we're getting huge reviews off from it we're really excited and and uh, this is my third book so this is the this is the one we hope that um really can take us and you know have the next step you know that movie would be a fun thing and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens mm-hmm. can you just give us a little bit of the premise behind it and how you came up with it 
Sure. Well, you know, I wanted to, my first two books uh, were books that are, that are used in hospitality, over 70 schools all across the country and parts of the world, Leadership Lessons from a Chef and Tasting Success. Both of those books are being used in a lot of schools all over the place. And, and, I, and so that was fun, and I met my goal there. And then I said, well, I wanted to put a, make a book that would touch your heart and say, wow, you know, when you set it down, it stayed with you for several weeks later. I want you to see it in the airport and in Barnes & Noble and so on. And um, so that's what I wrote, and and, uh, and I also wanted to be life lessons in the book. Um, so it's a, it's about a boy who uh, loses his dad at a very young age, and he's mad at the world and mad at God, and and uh, and so the, this crusty old diner chef uh, uh, sees this, and so he reaches out, pulls the boy in, and each chapter is a life lesson, and each chapter they cook something, and it and it becomes pretty magical, and it's it'll, it'll take you on a, mo- a roller coaster emotional ride. Mm-hmm. Sounds, Sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, really. And, and I would think that some of the best stories are, 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 I mean, God, just around food. If you think about some of the the most amazing amazing experiences that you've had, you know, in, in your life, just being around the table with those who you love or sitting across from, you know, what's now maybe your, you know, your partner in life. And you just think about, I mean, even for you, I mean, you were cooking for uh, the, the first responders, right, and going to mm-hmm. Afghanistan and just the power of food and, and just how much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about some of my, some of, well, my personal fondest memories of growing up are of my grandmother's cooking. You know, the, the exactly. carrot cake, yeah. and the chicken soup, the brisket. You get the feeling I'm a Jew. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> that, like that was, I mean, that was just, I, ugh, I just, I can still remember how it made me feel to eat such amazing food. So any last tips here, any last thoughts about food and how we can use it in our lives? Well, I, you know, you know, food is like music. You know, when you hear a song, many times you hear a song, and it takes you back to a particular time in your life, and, and whether it be high school or college or a wedding or whatever it is. And food has those same, what I call, quote-unquote, food memories. And, and so um, I, I would just say, you know, Constantly go where, where where food puts a smile on your face. But I guess if I could inspire your your listeners to do anything, I, I would, you know, I would just say, hey, if you're not happy with something uh, in your life right now, whether it be you know what you're eating or what you look like or your weight or your fitness or your spouse or your job or, or your car or your friends that are around, whatever it is, and instead of bitching about it, get off your your can and do something about it. Just do something about it. You know, yeah. dare to dream and and then act on those dreams and and jump and. And the secret is just don't stop until yeah. it until it happens. Awesome. All right. Well, look, really great having you on. And uh, if you guys want more information about Chef Charles Carroll, best place to go is exactly that, chefcharlescarroll.com. And that's two R's and two L's. So Chef Charles, C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And definitely check out what he's doing there. And we really appreciate you tuning in today to Reinvention Radio. Make sure you go out and you grab a copy of the recipe and follow everything that Chef Charles is doing. And, of course, don't forget you can join us live every Thursday from 12 until 2 Pacific here on Reinvention Radio at ReinventionRadio.com. For Mary Goulet and Richie Ote, White Wade and Kelly Poker, I'm Steve Olsher. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com.